Welcome to the Tall Tale Tavern Chaser episode for our crowning AI achievement episode. Woo! Whoa. I'm here with. <laughs> I was a woo. I'm here with. Not a boo. That was a great boo. That way. I just <laughs> I, a I boo. I was saying boo earns. <laughs> yeah. Boo. <laughs> boo. <laughs> it's a. Uh, Hey, I'm Kyle. I'm the I'm uh, hi everybody. I'm Kyle. I'm the the tavern master. I'm here yeah. with with Scott and and our DM this month, Mav. Welcome, guys. Uh, hello, welcome us. Welcome, Mav. Welcome me. Welcome everyone who's listening. Am I right? That was wow. Are you like the next Marshall Marshall Mathers or something? <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I am the Oscar Wilde of our generation. Truly, yeah. <laughs> I'm a lot like um, Marshall Mathers in that I'm uh, the the movie Eight Miles kind of loosely based on my life, you know. That's I, semi autobiographical. Yeah, you know, so. I lived in a trailer and my friend shot himself in the ass. I think that happens in that movie, or he shoots himself in the maybe in the dick. I don't know. I thought it was in the foot. Maybe it's the foot. Maybe I just it's an I haven't seen the movie sorts. since it came out. You know, a long time ago. So. Which appendage did you get shot in Eight Mile? Google it. I don't know. We are so perilously close. I, how how far are we in? One minute, 20 seconds. So close to already going down the path of this just being another made-for-TV movie podcast episode. <laughs> I'm ready always. I'm ready at it's, all times. You know you know what they call You know the, the, the term slippery slope? You guys are always on it. You're never off the slippery slope. We're always slope. slipping down it. Our feet are always move. We have to constantly tread to keep from sliding all the way down the slippery slope of movie talk that's true um, and, and speaking of oh. slippery things how about oil spills on the streets of cyberpunk cities am i right guys and i, mean, I think we exactly. need to get down right away to the to the we're we already have something that i feel needs discussion about this episode which is what is it actually titled what, <laughs> what is the title of this adventure well you know, i can you, tell you we all heard what i called it so, so i'm crossing my fingers <laughs> so hope the host got it right no so the host did get it right and you know what's Ooh. funny is scott was like I, I i was trying to come up with a title for it and this was my placeholder title and then i ran out of time and i was like i guess i gotta give him something and so I, I like just to have given you something to to have as it. I was like, I have to like this. I can't just shirk this. I have to come up yeah. with something. And so I provided it. And the moment I like the moment Kyle said it, and he said it correctly. Like he, he's he's pronouncing it right. The moment he said it, I, I said to myself, Oh my god, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I was like, oh, something you never actually said out loud. Or, you know, to like yeah, that's how you were thinking it'd be pronounced. Yeah, it was the um, first time I asked you, Mav, you sent me, I believe, just the words crowning achievement, but you had the A and the I capitalized within it. And then when we recorded, it was AI achievement. And I was like, okay, I've just assumed Kyle like made the title dumber or punnier because <laughs> that's what I do. It's true. Yes. And also it works better in audio form, you know, AI achievement versus well, that, that was achievement what, or whatever it was. That was part of the pro like initially I was like, what if we just capitalize the A and the I? Like, won't that be neat? And then of course, you know, idiot that I am, I was like, yeah, everyone will get that in this completely auditory format like one <laughs> could argue gonna... <laughs> that you don't click play on the podcast until you probably have to look at the title when you're clicking on it so you Fair know point. it's like 
you, we could have gone with that. But then we got into a whole thing where Kyle said, should there be a dash in it? And I was, woof. And then it really went, it went too far. <laughs> then I when, I, when you posted the, <laughs> yeah. the video and I was like, is there a dash after AI? I, yeah, I, I, I was like, I don't know. I was just trying to combine the best of both worlds with the information I had, which was originally it was a capitalization thing. And then it was a pun mm-hmm. more of well, a, you no. like freaked me up for a second when you're like, well, I thought this was the original title, but then you said it like this. And I'm like, yeah. like back in my notes, I was like, I know I just copied and like pasted over to my notes. Well, that's all you like do for any adventure so. that we do is just that's copy true. and paste someone else's <laughs> from, work. From right? someone yeah. else's work, yeah. <laughs> that's um, actually, that's a great segue into one of the things I wanted to chat about is I, I was talking with Kyle in the pre-show. Like I had, I've got like three big things. In the I green to room? Touch. Yeah, in the green room. The green yeah. room. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I was, you know, kicking back. I've got, yeah. my, got my bowl of only blue M&Ms that, yeah. I, that I demand to have because I'm I'm a rock star like that. Of course. Um, no, but one of the things that, that Scott, if you remember, we, we had a conversation coming up to this where I made like a couple promises about things I was not going to do before like we had recorded these episodes. And one of them was I wasn't going to play Baldur's Gate 3. And then you were like, definitely do not do that because you'll never like you'll just play that and not actually write your yeah. fucking story for this. Why would you want to come play Dungeons and Dragons with us when you could just play like a video game that does all the Dungeons and Dragons you'll ever want for you? <laughs> right. You know? um, speaking of which, I'm just like, why don't we just stop here and I'll go play Baldur's Gate 3. Just, yeah. right. Episode over. Yeah, episode, thanks. Guys. Good guys. <laughs> yeah, all right. And uh, um, episode. But, but what most the- listened to episode, most thumbs up <laughs> ever. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the other things I said I would do or I wouldn't do is, and this was more for me, um, was I was not going to play um, CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077 before I wrote the the backstory and like the the, the plot and and storyboarded out this yeah. uh, these episodes. And it was mostly because I didn't want to like everybody and their brother has played this game, right? And it came out a few years ago. It was a huge flop on release, but then they've they've really like rehabilitated it and it's got this great reputation now We're trying to do the same thing with this show baby <laughs> <laughs> but like if you want you know you look on twitch you see people like you know lots of people particularly in the kind of the destiny 2 directory people that streamed a lot of that are, are branching out with this where the state of the game is and and yeah. cyberpunk 2077 is one you're seeing a lot of right and so i didn't want to um infect my brain with like the storylines quests characters from that game and have people listen to this episode and go oh he's just like ripping off cyberpunk 2077 i could just go play that and it would be infinitely better like why would i you know what i mean i wanted to to maintain some level of independence and here's the wild part i so i didn't i didn't know anything about cyberpunk 2077 the storyline like i knew keanu reeves was in it somehow and like but that was it and obviously it happens in a cyberpunk kind of dystopian future yeah so I've i don't started, know anything about it either i've never i've never played it I've so i've started well i asked it. kyle that too i was like i wonder if either of these guys have, have played it at all i started playing it about a week and a half ago like yeah. it was like a like, like day or two after we we finished uh we wrapped episode two and i was flabbergasted by how similar some of the plot lines are. Oh, I was like, really? oh my God. <laughs> like I set out to make sure that like I wasn't, I, I like walled myself off from this game. I didn't read the Wikipedia article. I didn't know, I knew nothing about it. That's how you know you're you're so in tune with what makes a great <laughs> cyberpunk world and oh, yeah. a great 
you know, a cyberpunk story. What is it about? It's probably Does about an game, AI. It's probably did about... The, did yeah. the game also have a guy whose ass opened up into a trunk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of favorite shotgun. moments. Uh, but like, no, I haven't seen that yet. That's okay. yet. I'm, I'm only about a quarter of the way through the game. There's time yet. You know, they're like, we haven't... The, the, yeah. There's daylight on that one yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, daylight to see where the sun don't shine. Yeah, the sun um, don't shine. <laughs> But like that was that was something that flabbergasted me. I was I'm playing through this game, going, "Oh my god, everybody's going to think I just ripped this game off," <laughs> even though I set out not to do that. Uh, because the, there are a lot of like the major plot line of our story is is has a lot of similarities, a lot of parallels with kind of the major plot line. At least the opening, you know, I'm probably only 25 percent of the way through the game. At least the opening quarter of this game, I was like, "Man, these are I I, I guess we were drinking the same Kool Aid, me and the cyber." Project Red, uh, or CD Project Red, you know, game designers. Well, uh, to compliment you on the story, that's one of my things that I wanted to bring up was it was very fun to play your story. I guess it was very obvious how much um, like thought you had put into like the backstory, the world building of this place. Um, you know, we broke out of a prison. We did a, a motorcycle like fight. That's awesome to me. You know, I haven't had one. I haven't been a part of like a chase scene like that where we're moving on motorcycles trying to have combat that was super fun um just the whole thing was was uh uh was well thought out and it had a blast playing this you know cyberpunk you know setting i was gonna shout out the motorcycle combat as one of my favorite things too it's just something that you don't get to do in Dungeons and Dragons, I guess, often, you know, or it made me when I do motorcycle combat, it makes you think of Chrono Trigger. And when I think of Chrono Trigger, I'm happy. So I enjoy <laughs> it. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. And I'm glad that 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 segment went over well, because I when I was writing this, I was like, if I so talking about talking about a little bit, uh, uh, just a little bit of the source material that I like liberally stole from. I mean, it's very clear I was stealing pretty liberally from Blade Runner. Everybody does. If you're if you're going to make a good cyberpunk story, it, it's, you got to pull at least a little bit from Blade Runner. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to pull some stuff from and, and did in the initial writing and part of the, um, uh, I guess, the impetus to make sure I had a, a motorcycle combat segment, like I like the inspiration for it was straight out of Akira. Mm. Uh, which is a phenomenal movie um, and came out in like 1988 or something, 87. And it looks like it's like one of the best animated movies that's, that's like ever been drawn, ever been produced. Um, it, it's kind of old style anime. And one of the centerpieces of that movie, when the, in the kind of opening of it, how you meet one of the, the, the main character, Kaneda, is he gets into this motorcycle beef with another gang and they're like, jumping on each other's motorcycles and like hitting each other with weapons and, and like, you know, chasing each other through alleys. And I, when I was thinking about what I wanted to make sure I had like major set pieces that I had in this story, I was like, I fucking got to have like some motorcycle combat. I can't, like, I can't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I wrote this whole thing out and I didn't have these guys like fight each other on motorcycles. And have like a teleporting witch lady wizard thing. <laughs> Technomancer. Uh, Technomancer, wizard. yeah, that's what they're called. That's it was like Mario Double Dash too. We were on the you were on the back. That's true. See, was. I was driving. It was Whoa. fun. So good time. The, that was your uh, other that was his other inspiration. It was Akira and Mario Double Dash. <laughs> Mario <laughs> Kart Double Dash. So one of the things that I in, in kind of designing that combat 
uh, scenario, I was like, I need to have, obviously I'm going to have one to two baddies that are going to be on motorcycles, like actually on motorcycles, um, fighting with the party. But then I was like, wouldn't it be interesting if I had essentially like a gunship, like a mobile gunship flying above them that can't really like, you can't hit it with melee attacks or too far away. Um, you have to respond with, with spells or like, you know, ranged weapons, um, or find some interesting way to knock this gunship out of the sky. And then I was like, you know, I was pacing this out. I'm going this, I, I want this to be like a gang fight. You know, the two, the enforcers that they're, that they're, and this isn't something that comes out in the episode, not directly. Um, Robert Tannhauser kind of makes a hint at it in his conversation with the party, but that this set of enforcers is another one of his assets. And he's, he's banking them off against each other to see who wins mm-hmm. and whoever wins mm-hmm. is going to be the group he goes with to like try to accomplish this mission. And so he has the, the, the idea of this test is all marionette strained, you know, pup, puppeteered by this mid-level like vice president, uh, corporate executive in Hihachi Corp, you know, faceless, almost nameless, you know, his name is Robert in a cyberpunk future. <laughs> like he's supposed to be kind of forgettable. Um, with of course, Tannhauser being a, a nod to Blade Runner. Um, you know, I've seen you know, attack ships on fire off the Tannhauser gate. And I was like, I got to throw a little bit in there. Um, but his, the whole idea was like this, the, the culmination of this night is Robert Tannhauser's like opus, right? His, his magnum opus. He's, mm-hmm. he's bouncing all these assets, uh, you know, off, off against each other. I get the feeling it was like something like that when we were in the club and then the dude with like the, the samurai dude with like two swords maybe he had three swords i don't know he had swords like samurai guy and then he just got like attacked real fast like while we were leaving i was like okay it's like a maybe a brawl to get what we have i was it was yeah that so, part was funny to me when he got immediately well, so, just so going by the crowd. yeah <laughs> yeah going back to the motorcycle combat for a moment but i do want to talk about that scene uh because i i kind of compiled a like paths not taken thing that i wanted to to briefly touch on in this ep- in this chaser um, and that was one of them, but like, that was one of the kind of branching points, but I was like, I need to have some kind of, I can't have a gunship. Like I, you know, Robert Tannhauser isn't going to have a helicopter that he can call in to like actually fire missiles at these guys. So like, what's the human equivalent of a gunship? And of <laughs> course it's a magic user, right? It's, it's like yeah. a powerful magic user. And so what I did was I, I was like, I need to give her some kind of fluidity of movement. I need her to be able to, to move freely while the rest of them are kind of bound to their motorcycles at high speed. And I was looking through the 5e spell books and I alighted on this spell called Transport Via Plants, which is a sixth level druid spell. Yeah. And it says, it, this is the description. It says, this spell creates a magical link between a large or larger inanimate plant within range and another plant at any distance on the same plane of existence. You must have seen or touched the destination plant at least once before. For the duration, any creature can step into the target plant and exit from the destination plant by using five feet of movement. So it's this like teleportation spell that druids have. Yes, I've seen yeah. it used in like a in a critical role episode. They like they have to go to a uh, like place across their like planet and and so they meet uh, it's a powerful u- like magic user basically is just like all right come with me and like steps into a tree and then they're like (laughs) out on the other side where they need to be so this carries with me the based on the description of that spell the implication then that this technomancer had to walk down the street and touch every single yes he had to to climb up to the top of those telephone poles Uh, (laughs) 
So, but that was one of the, I was like, I was looking for something that I could hang my hat on, you know, some, somewhere I could like base this level of movement off of. And this kind of, this was like what fit to me. Um, she was certainly stronger than um, like in her movement than she was in her ability to like fend off attacks or, or, or place yeah. attacks. Um, but part of, part of the reason was due to one of the things I was really cognizant of in preparing the story was timing. It was like, I, you, Scott, you and I talked about this. I was like, there's no way I'm going to have this go over three hours. Like no, there's like, I'm aiming at like <laughs> two hours and 45 minutes being like the absolute maximum of, of like content that I can pack into mm -hmm. an episode. Um, because one of the few things I wanted to do was go way over. Uh, and so I was really cognizant of that. So I, well, you I, did a great, yeah, you did a great job like pacing it too, you know? Um, cause we, we ended up doing a lot in the episode and, uh, uh, and even at the end, it was, uh, uh, I think the, some of the roles went, went our way as well, where it was like, oh, cool. It will actually like, like end here pretty shortly. Cause, uh, cause Kitty's character was able to like do the hacking. Get that those hacking do. lockdown point or they, they won the hacks. Yes. They didn't get lockdown points or whatever. That's right. Definitely she, would have stalled us down <laughs> out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, but, um, oh. but talking about the, the, like going back to the club, the tech noir club, um, which so this whole scene, that whole scene, the red eyes, the the musicians, um, the even the club name, I stole wholesale from a music video by a band called Gunship, which I think I've even sent to Scott. Like I think Scott has seen this music video. Um, <laughs> I, I think like I stole that entire scene essentially wholesale. Is that where the saxophone guy was from? Yes. No. And so this is what I want to get to. If <laughs> If you guys had decided to brawl it out in the bar, mm -hmm. instead of like taking the side door, if you tried to go out the front, if you tried to like, if you, if you called out these other enforcers and it cleared the dance floor and like literally fought in the bar, the party was going to be uh, assisted by an NPC named Kim Tapello, who was a monk. And used a saxophone as a improvised uh, weapon. Uh, that's great. <laughs> um, an obvious reference to Tim Capello, who is, of course, the the sexy sax guy from the Lost Boys. Who, of plays, course, everybody listening knew it, and it was yes. an obvious reference to them. I'm sure. <laughs> so, one of my favorite moments from the first episode was uh, Scott's audible smirk when he heard. I'm sorry, the second episode, audible smirk when he heard. Um, Cosmic Ray, who's the the lead singer of the band, introduce herself and the Lost Boys. Yeah, because um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this has got to land for somebody. Like, so, someone oh, yeah. out there is gonna get this. As soon as we were talking sax guy, of course, that's the first thing that pops in my head. Is that's the most memorable element of the movie, The Lost Boys, to me, is the saxophone guy. It might be <clears throat> possibly the only thing I remember about the movie, other than Corey Feldman does a weird. Rambo impersonation the whole movie or something. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got like the red bandana on. Yeah, yeah. and he's talking like in a low voice. He's like, "We're like, he's doing. He's basically sounds like Kyle doing Ben Biofuel for the whole yeah. movie for some reason. <laughs> ben yeah, just like what the hell? But so as soon as you made it overt that it was the Lost Boys, yes, ah, beautiful for me, a beautiful moment. Um, I want to say for myself before we move on to any other discussion, I want to talk about my character and my missed opportunity, which was my missed opportunity to have my head explode. Uh, <laughs> and and all I all I really was hoping for was for that to happen. Uh, and that's because why I, yeah. he speaks with a terrible accent 
which never was made clear either is he has a bomb in his head he doesn't know the passphrase for to make it go off so i made him speak with the bad british accent so he would do like the rhyming slang to avoid using his normal phrasing was essentially my thought process only to have motivation to make the character basher from oceans 11 because <laughs> his character has a bad british accent in that movie there's there's my defense of my and and the expo- head exploding thing I, I don't remember if we specifically like said it in the podcast like what it was but there's like an augment that or mm-hmm. something that's your head will explode if you say the trigger word and maybe you know it but it sounds like you didn't know it yes did the dm know it I told what I told Mav was we can either make something up or I I put it in your hands to just like if you decide at some point you want my head to explode, you can just decide that I have said the words like I don't care. But I don't think there was a good moment for it necessarily. Didn't really make a whole lot of sense unless it was like the very end as we're walking out to the. I know, I would have loved world. that. Honestly, I would have loved that if that's what happened. Oh, I'm just flabbergasted. <laughs> and then just... <laughs> and then. Well, I guess we're all safe now. And then just, <laughs> yes, safe. You'd never said safe before. So, talking about paths not taken, I, you know, I do want to leave a little bit of the mystery out there, but one of the things that um, that I planned out, and I, and I, I planned out kind of two or three... Um, relatively different like kind of two two very different outcomes toward the like for the end of this story and and one of the outcomes had like two branching like like an additional branch of like two versions of one of them um but one of the outcomes that could have happened um at any point kind of at any point after the party met alice was that they could have disregarded robert tannhauser's advice and killed her and like you know destroyed her memory core (laughs) Um, which mm-hmm. would have released, you know, all of the AIs inside into the 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 net, you know, New Lisbon City's net, <clears throat> and that would this have, was at the very end, like when you were when we were like, do you want to like let the AI? Go I think as, as soon well. as we saw Alice, we could have done it. Is that's that's right, Scott. That's right. Her right away. Gotcha. That's yeah. right. Just until, like, well, and at any point up to <laughs> at any point up until um, like Viper had her epic standoff with this like malicious AI inside of her. Like holding it in place to be destroyed by you know the the Hiachi Corp's processors, um, the at any time up to that point, if the party had destroyed Alice's memory core, or or had Alice been targeted by something, right? Had yeah. Alice inadvertently been destroyed by somebody else, by an enemy, by an explosion, by something, um, it would have proliferated those AIs, and it would have set up a very different um, ending for. New Lisbon City and for the party, because what what the Hihachi AI would have done is what the party would have learned is not only was the Hihachi AI much stronger, much more powerful than any of the others. It's gone completely insane. Um, it's gone insane because it was actually modeled off a real person, yeah. but it's now having it's, lost his personhood. No right. Yeah. Has, having lost mm. his personhood, he's lost any kind of moral complicity, any kind of compunction for human life. And so what, what the Hihachi AI would have tried to do is create the first AI-only kingdom by activating all of the Hihachi corpse like um, – we could have matrixed it. You could have it? a little bit. Like it would have, it would have operated all of the the city's like uh, waste disposal centers and and like um, 
you know, radioactive material storage, all of this, it would have opened all of it up and sloughed it into the city to poison and kill everybody in the city to create this like perfect ground for, for AIs to flourish in the absence of, you know, organic meat people. Um, and what the party would have had to do is try to stop that. Like try to stop him from doing that. <laughs> and so I'm getting back to why, like I'm, why I'm bringing this up in the first place. One of the ways in which the Hihachi AI would have made itself clear that it was now in charge would have been to send through the net a worm into oh. Dasher's head to find, to drill out that word and kill him instantly. And one of the things <laughs> Viper would have had to do as your resident hacker is balance. Like, do I try to stop the Hihachi AI? Do I counter hack him or do I counter hack this worm and try to save my friend? Oh, no. Fucking let me go, baby. Pop goes the weasel. It's over. See you, bud. Oh, I'm sad we didn't go that way because that was what I wanted to do anyway. In the episode, I I was definitely just like, well, fucking who cares? But we have a bunch of greedy asshole rich mega corporations running the world or a bunch of greedy rich asshole AIs. You know, I don't give a <laughs> yeah. shit. Like, one, one or the other. Well, so that's one of the things I, I toyed with when I was writing this. I was like, do I want this to be uplifting at the end like do i want one of the potential endings to be uplifting because one of the things that's consistent through kind of this if you look at cyberpunk um media you know whether it's it's movies or books or there's kind of this like consistent no matter what you do no matter how hard you try the status quo is in favor of the powerful and you'll never change that yeah. You know what I mean? If you think about mm-hmm. like, if you think about, you know, not only Blade Runner, but, but Blade Runner 2099, like they're 49 for, I'm sorry, 2049. They both have this, um, these like wonderfully uplifting hints. Like there's these, these like little lights of hope, but the overall story is like incredibly depressing and dark. And yeah. so I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was like trying to balance that tradition, that, that like, um, aspect of these kinds of stories that focuses on like when you when you let corporations control everything, yeah, everything sucks and will suck, and and there's no way around that. Um, with wanting to create a story that you guys wanted to finish, like if everything's gonna be awful and depressing and terrible at the end, why would we? Why try? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and we were we got really to be the ones at to burn your... it down. That was my thought process. <laughs> yeah, you know? and we were kind of at the DM's discre- like discretion on some of that because we really didn't ask a whole lot of questions as the players we were like oh no. this is this is our guy uh, all right i guess we're doing it because we want money and yeah. uh i guess we're doing it like we we really I specifically made my character's background be the one where they take jobs for hire kitty did as well i believe because uh, i remember her describing her possessions and i was like that's all the same stuff that my background choice had so i know she did so because i was like I I know with these adventures, obviously, we don't want to get too bogged down in the like. We we want the plot to move forward that the DM's written, right? We don't want to get bogged down arguing about whether or not we're going to do it and getting to know each other and getting to know every NPC sometimes. And yeah, I think we definitely in this one maybe we're a little too uh, willing Trusting. to just do it. Let's just go with the flow. But speaking of the backgrounds. Um, I want to comment about the Technomancer's textbook a bit because um, one of the things I wanted to bring up was just like creating the character was a really fun thing um, for me. Uh, when you sent me this Technomancer's textbook by this guy named Mogret, like I, I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect. I was shout like, out okay, to Mogret for real. Yeah. Like, shout, like <laughs> yeah, what um, an incredible gonna, body of work. 
I just noticed on their like front page that there is like a discord you can join the, for the for that that is about this content. So no I'm shit. going to definitely do that. Yeah. And uh, he's going to get kicked say, out for spamming our link like a thousand times <laughs> in the <gen> chat immediately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um just blame but, it on an AI. Uh, it was an AI, uh-huh, it wasn't me. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I was, I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe a few <clears throat> subclasses, a few, you know, here's how to run it. Like this rules. This is a, just this page, this like document is a. 278 pages or something. Yeah, PDF. <laughs> yeah. It's robust. Everything is linked where you can just click, you know, click on your, your subclasses. But, but they have subclasses for everything. They have the artificer, artificer, mech pilot, barbarian, yeah. street savage, monk, way of the primal forces, rangers, a drone master. Like it's just, it's for everything. And then there's class options there's there's feats backgrounds you're you're talking about like i took the mechanic background of course but there's like scientist sex worker street shaman you know like all these different things and then you've got your new firearms items. yeah guns. yeah your yeah. your 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 augments that you can do to yourself and that was a lot of fun that you gave us like here's here's the amount of money that you can spend like the amount of credits you can spend um to like make yourself augmented. So I was like, cool, I'm just going to try and turn myself into a car as much as I can. Um, Which led, of course, to to one of my, I think one of my favorite moments I have ever experienced in any role-playing <laughs> uh, it, like situation, any role-playing game I've ever been in, um, which was Ben Biofuel opening up his dump trunk trunk. Uh-huh. His dump truck trunk, if you will, uh, smuggling compartment. And there's like the the like fearless uh, bravery <laughs> to, to do that. It was I no notes. Perfect. It was just it was uh, it was great. I was like a smuggling compartment. Of course, he needs a trunk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I can have a shotgun in my body. Of course, it's an exhaust pipe. Coming out my ass. And like, like of that, course, that, that is happen. one of the most disgusting things I can imagine. <laughs> like, does it, does your hole open up more and a shotgun comes out? Or is no, like, it's like an exhaust pipe that like exits out the butt. So like know? a, like a blunder bus more. I don't have to even like, I don't have to reach back and it, spread. I don't have to spread like, my cheeks. Like it just, it, it's like the rectum extend, extended and yeah. there's a shotgun there. <laughs> And, a telescoping um, asshole? Yes, telescoping, saying? exactly. <laughs> I, I um, mean, I will give credit where credit is due. I loved how deeply the party dug into the, the like the physics, the, the logistics of of Ben Biofield becoming a car and like what the interior was like. And <laughs> yeah, the, the minty yes. fresh breath of the air conditioning and, and the like the mole on the seat. Like it was just, it was so great. Yeah, it's, yeah, I... It was great. The yeah, that's the druid circle of transformation. You could turn it. You can turn into like a wave runner. You can turn into other things it's like wild shaping. And so it's just like, like just really fun. And just it would be hilarious to bring that into like like a, a typical like fantasy setting. Like for for Dungeons and Dragons, all of a sudden there's like a, a car person. Like everyone's like, what what the heck's a car? You know, that's a good just, idea actually. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that for one of these coming up. To just like, hey, can I play the yeah drone you know person why not i fell through a portal and i'm here i don't know Who cares yeah um, <laughs> so what, maybe what the are... entirety of our normal D adventures just take place in the internet ai of the cyberpunk one who knows you know 
Yeah, we got some Alan Wake shit going on. I was going to say, we're uh, getting very Descartes in here, very Cartesian, (laughs) like we're all just brains in a floating vacuum, Uh, tortured by a malicious malicious god. (laughs) I may have just watched Matrix Resurrections for like the millionth time last night, so that's probably why that's all in my mind. There you go, appropriate. But the the Technomancer's textbook, it's free. So if you just search Technomancer's textbook, it's going to come up. Mm -hmm. And and definitely should check it out if you're a fan of like so i've read a, quite a few different like homebrew D, you know even like modules or documents this is by far the most expansive this thing i mean if wizards of the coast made this i mean they would they would charge their typical fee for like a book but it just seems like it seems like this is even more than just their typical what they would typically put out it's well, just it, so much it is it was way more dense than i i think any of us expected when we before we started making our characters, you know, you, when you do your typical kind of like dragging of your feet a little bit and then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's a week before. Let me really dig into this. And I'm like, what is this going to be like? I don't know, 15 pages or something. What? Uh, 270? It's a, oh, oh, OK. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's get to My it. My Google document of there's some notes. There's there's I'd say there's there's two pages of of notes, which is like intro and things that, that for the, for the show, whatever. And then the rest of the 21 pages of this document are my care is my character character stuff that, that they have, like, just so I could scroll through. I made like, like different tabs for like armor, vehicle, wild shape rules, my background, my spells, vehicles I can summon with the summon vehicle spell, which I didn't get to use. Kyle, but, um, you gotta stop. Cause I can only get so turned on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah that's um oh yeah go ahead well I, yeah. that was one of the things that i i was a little worried about i was like am i am i overwhelming these guys am i throwing too much at them um and particularly with regard to um our our fantastic uh play, two players that are not here tonight uh landy and kitty like i was i knew you guys could probably handle it you guys are seasoned vets and I was figuring you would be you. I, I was thinking that you would actually be intrigued. You're like, oh my god, a brand new rule set. Like this is all stuff we don't really know, but it's based on familiar stuff. So like, I, I thought it would be fun for both of you to dig into something really new, um, because you've both been through the the rigmarole of like a third level, you know, fighter in a fantasy setting. How many times? Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I did want it to be kind of. I was glad that it was robust for you guys, but I was a little nervous about our our two other players because I didn't have a good understanding of how much experience they had, if any. Um, we it, do some of that on the back end, you know, seeing how people are with, you know, what they, what their uh, their uh, experience level is, what they're up to if they want to play this type of, you know, adventure. And um, yeah, and they were good. They were, I do always, I do, I with, with this one in particular, I was very, anybody who I reached out to, I was like, this is not like a normal one. Are you interested in like this one that is going to have some work like <laughs> to play it, you know, uh, which was definitely, it actually was, there were a few people who were like, eh, I don't think I'm up for it, who said no. So Well, thank you to those but, people yeah, who said no. You weren't, <laughs> Yeah, for uh, mm-hmm. for not phoning you it in. Because that would have sucked who if they would have said yes, yeah. and then it's like, okay, you gotta make your, you know, it'd been a lot of like, you know, and so it's it's great. We love it when uh, when people are you know upfront like that, which is really nice. Well, and um, I, th- I tell Kyle no every <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, what, one of the things that I really appreciated was how um, how much they like dived into it. You know, like Kitty showed up for our first recording session in full makeup like full like fully done <laughs> yeah. i was like oh my god like she's here fucking ready to go i was so impressed i was so so pleased with how 
how much they showed up and how much they they like thought and energy they put into it. Um, Agreed. Which, yeah, you, know, it you was, always yeah, want. It was a great fun group. And like Kitty, it was she was having a lot of fun with the different wizard stuff. She was like, I've never played a wizard. This is crazy with all the things with the homebrew stuff. I was. Um, you could really sense Kitty's thirst for Dungeons and Dragons in that both times we were done after playing for like three and a half hours or whatever. Both episodes, I think, end with her being like, no. And the, and the rules. Uh, yes, we had a, a ton of fun. We love reading like homebrew, like D&D stuff. Like I like do Patreon for like homebrew stuff uh, that I get mm-hmm. um, uh, to read all the time. And so this was like a just like a goldmine of, of, of material. Like, I mean, it's true. I want to pretend like I don't like doing the homework, but I I spend so much of my free time just reading random (laughs) Dungeons and Dragons, (laughs) like homebrew stuff that people have written. Uh, So this was just kind of like I was like, and then I dove in. I was like, oh, I've read like 100 pages of this now. Like, I just keep reading through it. So and so one of the things that we talked about ahead of this episode or ahead of these episodes was um, that you like the two of you are so often the driving force behind um, not only the storyline, just because, because I mean, frankly, Kyle is the DM most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, you know, Scott, you've known Kyle for, for so long that you kind of know where he's going with certain things and like when it's time to, you know, okay, let's, you know, let's pack it up. Let's move to the next scene. Um, I know when he's done. I know when he's exhausted his bits. And and one of the things that we talked about, and I was, I didn't plan it this way, but I was really glad that it it worked out this way. We talked after after the first episode wrapped, and one of you said something to me to the effect of like, "I'm so glad that I didn't have to drive the action forward. That like it was it was way more like Landy and Kitty, you know, Viper and and Lad were kind Mm -hmm. of like driving a lot of the action and and um particularly in the second episode they both got to have these like really awesome hero moments like in the in the final mm-hmm. fight landy becomes this like unstoppable tank that's just yeah. like i yeah. know he's Spirit just doing Guardians. all the damage in the world doing nothing like, just, <laughs> just but, like dominating these enemies and then also like yeah. pr- protecting viper who is is like in this epic struggle with this this you know like malicious ai that's trying to escape and and some like her first I think her first roll was a tie. Like they both had lockdown points after yeah, the first roll. That's mm-hmm. right. The second one she won handily. And the third one she only won by like a point or two. And so I wasn't fudging these rolls. I will I will be frank with you. Like as as DMs know, we do this. Like when things are dragging, when things are like getting out of hand, like DMs will fudge rolls to, to move the action along, to try to, to try to make sure everybody's having an okay time. I did but not. But we won't ever admit it. Right. Yeah, we won't well, admit it. I, I would admit if I. You do what? You do. <laughs> what? I admitted to Kyle the other, on, what was it, on the last one, that I just sometimes will change out my items and spells on these one shots, like, illegally. <laughs> just, just on the fly. More I didn't use it first. I didn't use the first half. I didn't prepare doesn't it. Count doesn't count if I didn't use it. Uh, like, look, I'll, it's a spell slot, time. right? As long as I, you know, I get one yeah. slot for, you know, seventh level spells. But my, so I didn't fudge a single role in all of that. I played it straight. And the so re- he says, am I right? The, well, now, the reason I played it straight, this is going back to the to Mogret's manual. There's a stat block for a rampant AI. And that was going to be to I was to wait, like I was like, if 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 either Alice is destroyed or if Viper gets dumped, if she gets 
uh, dumped from the system, this AI is going to escape. And what the last fight would have turned into is instead of you, instead of the race against time that it was, it becomes, oh shit, there's a second health bar. Not only are these, uh, these drone soldiers continuing to come, but now they get super powered by the AI that is controlling them. (laughs) And you have to fight not only the AI in the system, but now if you go into these stat blocks, for real, shout out to Mogret. Go check it. Go check Technomancer's textbook out. The stat block for AIs provide bonuses to anything it controls. So all these drone soldiers would have come under the Hihachi AI's control and would have now had all these bonuses that make them tougher, make them hit harder. Like instead of kind of toy soldiers, now they're real soldiers. Um, and so I was like waiting for – Toy soldiers can be dangerous as well when the AI goes rampant. I've seen the movie Small Soldiers, so, you know, just be careful of throwing out that term. What what a deep cut that is. Uh, but I, you know, so that's one of the, I, I talked about kind of the endings. There were two endings I had in mind. One where you've, you know, there's a much earlier destruction of AI's, you know, Alice's um, memory core. And then the second one is like you get to the final battle and it's more or less the final battle that you guys had, but with a with a second health bar, right? With with the Hihachi AI kind of taking over that those limited systems um, and and having to fight it out in the, the control room there. Um, but that like having the ability to kind of look through that manual and find stuff like that, find neat, completely new mm-hmm. concepts for who a party might encounter and fight was like half the fun of writing this thing. Yeah, because it, it has a bunch of like, ant, like monsters in it too. Like it, this thing is is nuts. Like is that where you got those things from? Was the Technomancer's textbook like the different? Yeah. So uh, there's not a single enemy that I pulled that that there's not a single enemy that was encountered by the party in that in these two episodes that was not pulled directly from the the textbook. And That's I I modified the stat blocks a little bit to make sure that I wasn't. You know, I didn't want oh, it, sure. I didn't want yeah. combat to go on forever. You know, I wanted I wanted you know victory to be possible. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things that I really liked about how the party approached things was you guys were always looking for ways around combat. Um, from you know Scott disguising himself and like passing a stealth check, a high difficulty stealth check. The the DC <laughs> on it was fifteen. Uh, and with the way that he was rolling, the, like that, I don't remember. I don't know if you guys remember the first like half an hour of that episode. I think, yeah, I think Kyle. I think anything above five for like the first. Kyle half an looked hour, over yeah. at Scott and went, "Are you rolling a D ten? Like, yeah, like it was bad." Mm-hmm. And so to beat to beat bad. that DC on a stealth check and like and get past the the cops at the wall um, was like I loved that you guys were looking for ways around combat or novel ways through combat like instead of instead of attacking the the technomancer directly in episode two you attack the emitters to bring her down and like that was you know and that i kind of suggest it's always fun it's like my favorite part about dnd is trying to find creative solutions to things you know like that's the a a lot of that is really fun especially when you can you have the ability to cast spells and you've got like oh like dm can i do something like this that does this you know to to uh, to change the environment or change uh, uh, to try and approach things from a, a fun, interesting angle is always fun to do as a as a player and also like rewarding as a DM on that side of things. Like when your players are doing stuff like that, because it makes you have to think. But also like that's the fun of being a DM is having those the random 
the randomness to it. Um, I think for me in this one, it was twofold. It's one is a I'm a coward. And so I don't want to fight things. I don't who wants to fight things. That's dangerous. But also because of the cyberpunk setting and because of my character being someone who uses like explosives and guns and things like that, I was like, well, I it feels too brutal to like fight like another human necessarily, you know, like I don't want to shoot this cop while we're escaping prison uh, it was my thought. I was like, I just feels like it's, there's something about it that scares me more than normal combat. <laughs> uh, but even still, it was also mostly, I was willing to fight them, but I wanted us to not be within the prison when we did it, which is why as soon as we got past them, I was like, I'll just fucking chuck a grenade yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. And then like, like and then, then we started, then yeah. it was combat. <laughs> well, and you know, for, for talking about the motorcycle combat, for instance, this is a great example of what Kyle's talking about. I telegraphed very clearly the, the like emitters mm. being part of how this Technomancer is, kind of zipping through the air. Um, it was entirely Ballista Kitty herself that realized she might be able to EMP the Cyber Ninja's bike and like, and mm-hmm. and pitch him off of it. Um, I, you know, I didn't feed anything into that other than the fact that like, hey, you guys are riding electric, you know, electric powered right, yeah. motorcycles. <laughs> um, and she put it all together herself and was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to like EMP this guy. And I, I don't. I, I think it comes across in the video. If you listened to the podcast episode, you, you, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I've got the like the biggest shit eating grin ever because it was such a great thought, and I hadn't planned for it at all. I was like, oh my god, that's a real vulnerability. I hadn't even considered for this enemy, <laughs> and she fucking one shot at him. I was like, I, yeah. that's great. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah, it uh, and that randomness is just like. That's what I, that's what I really enjoy that in the playing D and D as the DM the randomness uh, going back to like fudging roles I like never fudge roles because it takes away some of the fun for me if if I'm like if I feel like I'm doing something the way like I I want it to go or whatever you know it just doesn't feel like I'm playing a game at, like with the group at that point like I love being like uh like leaving it up to the dice. Like always, like it's if there's ever a, a fudging that I do, which it doesn't even like come to mind anytime I've actually done it, but um, just like takes away some of the fun for me in the way that the way that the you game. like your you like your game to be like uh, like completely simulation physics based video game versus like your your the storyteller who is just plucking us along or whatever like you're part of the game i get what you're saying with leaving the randomness in there not necessarily playing god but just playing the engine yeah you know Mm -hmm. is what is what it feels like when you uh when you don't that's so fascinating to me because i've been this is my first turn at dming on the clock right like i something that's uniquely difficult about this um medium is having to produce a fun, interesting, twisty enough story that is, you know, that's, that's like interesting. It's not just rote and kind of, you know, uh, on rails, um, on, on a timeline, you know, on a, with, with like mm-hmm. a goal time and not, and not to exceed that. And, um, you know, I've been, I have DM'd for Scott. Kyle, I don't think I've DM'd for you before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were in the, that's the right, yeah. house. Raven that's right, that's right. Thing. And yeah. so, like, I've DM'd in that fashion for you guys. And it, you know, th- like, this quote-unquote one-shot stretched into, like, five fucking episodes 
It took, it took yeah. us yeah. six months it took to yeah. because I'm so of scheduling issues. Well, too. that and like I'm so yeah. willing to be like, yeah, let's dig in. Like let's let's spend an hour in this one room, like searching it, and and I'm willing mm-hmm. to do that with the players if they want to do that. And so it's it's really interesting to me that you approach it in that way, having DM'd so many of these like like time it, limited uh, campaigns. Like, yeah, that's I tried. It's um. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun for me to try and put in the work to make the make it work before I start the game, and that then when then we're running it, then I if there's anything that needs to be tweaked, whether it be monsters HP or something, then I can do that within a set of kind of guidelines that I have myself if if needed um, to make sure that we're that the that it's still fun and fits within a time frame. But um, but for the most part, it's like okay, if I if we can play D and D in the, in this like limited time series, but still make it so the players have agency. So it's not just like, Oh yeah, you're, uh, you're definitely going to win this, you know, this battle, you know, got to have stakes with each, each thing. It's just an interesting conversation to have when you have, uh, in this medium where we do these little adventures and, um, it's a challenge. Like it's definitely a, a challenge. And I, it's never once happened where it, where it went wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> never <obviously>. once. <laughs> exactly. Um, may, may, may have, uh, may have uh, fed in a little bit to my, you know, my very, very sincere concern that I keep it under three hours. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you didn't want to do exactly what happened on the Christmas I, yeah, one. Yeah, the Christmas one just, is when it yeah. went wrong and, and we ended yeah. up, you know, wanting to, to have more of a fun encounter and going back and recording that one, um, the, the, the end of that adventure, but, um, which turned out great. uh, I I don't know if I've ever said that, like I, knowing the backstory, knowing how that happened, um, before it released, um, I mean, you guys did the right thing. Like it came out great. I mean, the, the, that second episode is fantastic. And, um, it shows, I think the quality of your, of your planning and your thinking ahead and your, and, and frankly, just your, uh, flexibility that like you guys have to have a lot of um, you have to approach this with like a, a grain of salt, uh, you know, about what's going to happen. Oh, sure. And I would say, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, thanks for the compliment, but that was mostly the players being flexible and all saying, yeah, yeah actually that would on, be, that's that would be Dan like, and, yeah, uh, saying back. like, yeah, we could, we would come back and record that cause we would, and we would uh, do that again because it it does sound fun to record that. So that was very 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 nice of all of them to be able to do that. But um, uh, but yeah, for this uh, for this one, um, would like any any final thoughts or other um, favorite moments from this one uh, to kind of wrap it up? Or Mav, was there any anything else that you wanted to touch on um, uh, 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 behind the screen? Um, Behind the DM screen details. Yeah, so there's two things I have I have down here in my notes. One of them was um, I thought it would be really fun to use an AI assistant to write some of this. So I actually mm. used Chat GPT as like a storyboarding slash like sounding board partner for me <laughs> to help plot out this storyline. Like I didn't say write me a cyberpunk story. Like I wrote this myself. I came up with the big plot points. I came up. <laughs> You know, we were talking about where your characters are going to be. And I had this like arc of, of the plot that I wanted to have. But when I needed like party, like when I needed like NPC names or, or like if I wanted to insert some Easter eggs and stuff, I would use ChatGPT to like generate content for me 
to like play around with and like manipulate and maybe and maybe insert. So there are parts of this story, parts of this like ep- of these two episodes that are genuinely produced partly by an artificial intelligence, uh, which I uh, thought I was like, if I. Not to not not to out myself, but I did the same thing for the thumbnail for your. There episode. you go, perfect. Simply <laughs> <laughs> AI for the background, and then an AI USB drive that I just added text onto. And like so. that's, I, I thought if I was ever going to do it, like this would be the time. To, that's yeah, what I it's about AI. It. Um, but I, I I did want to note that. And then the second thing I wanted to say was uh, just a very brief shout out to the various musicians that permitted us to use their music in these episodes. Um, if you have yeah. met me uh, in travels on the internet, you know, I'm a giant synthwave fan. Um, a lot of the musicians that, that gave us permission to use their music, uh, in these episodes, gave it to us for free. Um, you know, with just like a, a credit, like as long as we, you know, credit us, you can use it for free dance with the dead. We used a ton of dance with the dead music. Those guys are awesome. Like, please go buy their music. Um, they're a phenomenal band. They, you know, they gave us. Um, the the rights to use their music for literally for a song. Um, and so, uh, and there's a number of other musicians and artists. If you check the credits, like if you were, if you thought the music ruled in these episodes, go check out those artists. They were, they were really uh, excellent about licensing their music to us for very, very little money, if not free. Um, and it was mm-hmm. such a fun thing for me, like such a labor of love to go out and find those musicians that were willing to license us their music and yeah, thank you for doing that because that's all Mav. If you like the music in this episode, yep, uh, it's all one hundred percent on Mav. Because we, <laughs> as soon as Mav was on, like going to do it, I knew he would have a million suggestions for songs anyway, and I don't want to do it. And so we're just like Mav. Uh, anything you got, we'll use it. You yep. know, if you can find it, basically, well, if you can get. The and you know what? I, let's go back a second um, to I think our first collective D and D experience, which was um, playing through the House of Lament. Um, with me DMing the the House of Lament, and I I it cemented for me how important music can be in these kind of especially this kind of medium. Um, when I did my like very first set piece for you guys, which is in the dining room, and you have this like living vision of of um, uh, yeah, uh, Dranzorg, yeah, Dran- Dranzorg, <laughs> like about to execute, um, you know, Lady Mara, and she has this, yeah, you know, yeah, she yeah, yeah. she turns the tables and slaughters the entire room. And I had picked out this piece of music by Max Richter called Sarajevo. And I had mapped out this scene over the course of this music. So like as the music rises, like the action picks up and it's like a cutscene. It's like watching a cutscene in a video game. <laughs> um, and I had planned it that way um, with this little like quick time event thrown in. And that experience with you guys seeing, like I remember somebody going, oh, like somebody verbally going, oh my God, like saying that into the mic while, while they're like, witnessing this and i got fucking chills i was like that's it that's what i'm like that's what i'm chasing right there is like impressing the players so much with kind of the the amalgam of of storyline and music and action that they feel if for only a moment they feel transported they feel like they're they're like really there for a minute um and i've been chasing it ever since and so i i wanted to (laughs) to make sure that the music that we had in the episode kind of aligned with the 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 vision of what i was trying to to portray and i think it came out really well yeah the effort was well placed it was uh uh definitely noticed and and appreciated with this episode um it's I, i it's really fun to have all these you know different dms come on the podcast and run these things because everybody has you know different uh, uh different flavors different strengths to bring to the table i've learned a lot from all these different dms um 
uh, uh, as a new DM, you know, I still feel like relatively new DM just because I've only been playing D and D for a couple of years, you know, like it's uh, like as a whole. Um, so it's just great to have, it was great to have you on and, and have all of your strengths and, and, uh, your unique take on how to how to run D- Dungeons and Dragons, I've, especially in the cyberpunk. I was so flattered to be asked, honestly. Like I've, you know, I, I'm always um, looking for a chance to be a player, but but being the being given the opportunity and and the responsibility of being a DM is kind of a heady one, uh, particularly for for you know when it's for people you really respect and for people that you want to. So it was easy this time. <laughs> exactly. Who does he respect? Uh, it, uh, I don't. Oh, oh Kitty, Kitty, Kitty and Land. Kitty that's, and Land. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you guys read through the lines. Oh, that, that part lost me there. But. <laughs> uh, no, but it was it was a pleasure and it was an honor and and uh, um, you know I'm I'm I was very flattered to be asked. Um, so thanks for giving me a shot at it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for- the pleasure was all ours. <laughs> that's what I'll say. Um. Do you have anything else, I, Kyle? Yeah, I have nothing else. I was just going to ask if you had uh, had anything else you wanted to... Only other thing I want to say is, speaking of music, one of our players, Landy's, got a new <gasps> song for his band that I believe is dropping the same day as this episode. Oh, so I'm going to hopefully put the, that single... I'll get him to send it to me, and I'll just maybe attach it to the end of this when we're so done I, talking. That's awesome. So he, you can he, listen to Red Weather. He and gave me out. a sneak peek of this song a few weeks ago, like the, the mastered version. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've liked all the music they put out on this EP. It's an EP coming out uh, in, in March, I think, uh, Keep an eye out for it. The Red Weather, they're great. I've liked every song mm-hmm. that he's he's like they've released on this EP so far as singles. This song kicks all the other songs' asses. This song fucking rips. So I'm awesome. they're gonna hear it in about a minute. So hopefully it lives I, up to the hype. It does. Oh I can't God. I can't overhype it. It's that good. I can't wait. We gotta get to it then. So yeah. Anything else, guys? <laughs> no. Thank you. Nope. Well, good. Great. Thank you. Once again, thank you, Mav, for coming on and DMing this adventure. It was an absolute blast. Thanks, Scott, for being a player once again. And um, yeah. uh, with that, this will end our Chaser episode for the crowning AI achievement. Ugh. And, well, we got to tease next next month's adventure, don't we? Oh, yeah. What is next month, Kyle? Uh, I feel like I almost wasn't there. You weren't there, were you? Interesting. Mm. Where were you? You were there in spirit. Uh, next in month, spirit. of course, uh, what D&D, you know, it's all about the randomness, right? We've talked about randomness this episode. Well, what if everything was random? What if what if we introduced wild magic? What if everybody played a wild magic subclass? Oh, my God. Ooh. Next month, we have the sorcerer's appendix where everybody, it's three wild magic sorcerers, a wild magic barbarian, and a very... In, unique who knows what was gonna what was gonna happen in this uh in yeah. this adventure and it was an absolute blast and so that is coming up next month can't wait um but for this I, you should be excited because it's it's an atypical one that's uh it's it's setting up some bigger picture stuff maybe even for the oh <laughs> i'm excited oh yes and uh so with that let's uh let's close out this episode thank you to zazar for the artwork and uh thank you guys for for being on this month and um well we'll see you next time at the tall tale tavern bye
Go listen to Red Weather. Look them up. Bye.